Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 90th Minute Whistle podcast. Um, today is a hectic day in football. Um, we have Mario. Let's just like thanks for introducing me. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, but um, I'm here with my host Mario, and it's been a very hectic 48 hours in football. Um, at the current moment of this recording, we're hearing the once proposed Super League that was announced on Sunday. Clubs are pulling out. Um, Chelsea and City have confirmed to be pulling out. Manchester United is said to be following them. Barcelona and Atletico Madrid have pulled out. Um, Barcelona president Laporte stated that they would have only joined if the Barcelona members, the sources, did I pronounce that correctly, Mario? Yeah, the sources. Yeah, if they had agreed to join. Um, we're hearing that Ed Woodward chairman of Manchester United have resigned from, from Manchester United. He has resigned from the board. That doesn't, well, that, that's a big, that, that's big news. In it, in, without everything that's happening in football, that in itself is big news. Um, we're also hearing unconfirmed reports that Andrea Agnelli, the former ESA president and the President of Juventus has also resigned from his post. Can I can I say something for a second? Uh, sure. We'll go into the we'll go into the collateral damage that has been done just from the, just from this coming out. But uh, just explain to everyone, like you know, let's just, just explain first to everyone like, what the situation is or what was fully proposed, and we'll go into all of the the, the details of what. What's been going on? Yeah, we'll go into like the collateral. Okay, so, all right, sure. So the, the Super League, as it was termed, is a group of 12 clubs. These 12 clubs, starting with the leading clubs, the chairman, Florentino Perez, Real Madrid, followed by Liverpool, Manchester United, Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester City and Chelsea all decided that they were going to form a Super League, a European competition where these clubs will play each other on a week, on a midweek basis. These were the 12 founding clubs and they wanted to introduce three more clubs that which will make up the founders. And then you have five additional clubs that will come into the Super League via promotion from their normal leagues, from, by a qualifying, basically. The format would have been two groups of 10, 10 clubs each home and away fixtures within the group each year. And then you will have eight, eight clubs moving on to the group stages, which it would be, sorry, eight clubs moving on to the knockout stages where they will play until a champion is determined. Now, the Super League would guarantee big money for these clubs. A proposed $3.4 billion was on the table for these clubs. 
$300 million just for signing up to the Super League. And the clubs envisioned a $10 billion profit that they would be able to distribute into the footballing pyramids. So that was the Super League. What the biggest issues with the Super League is that the, the founding clubs would not be relegated. They would not be able to drop out. They would not be knuckled. Basically, they would become a franchise. So they would always be in the in what we call in the Jesus. Super League. Let's give them a simple example, the NBA or the NFL. Yeah, yes, exactly. Where even if Golden State finishes last, they will not go to a second division. They will always stay in the NBA. And they would just, 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 just get a high draft as a result. Exactly. So just to say, and it is confirmed, Andrea Agnelli has resigned from his role as president of Juventus. Yeah, like I said, let's go into the collateral damage. Now, when this was announced on Sunday, the fans were extremely upset. The fans were very, very upset. UEFA, the FA, the Premier League, FIFA, they all sent threats. They were upset. Nobody wanted this to happen. But before we get to the governing bodies of football, because they're not innocent either, let's go to the fans. As someone who loves sport, no matter what sport it is, from the best sport in the world in football to polo that I've never ever watched. Sport is all about being competitive. It's all about dreaming that you can make it to the top. What makes European football so special, and this is the same, and the same thing happens in South America, in CONCACAF, in Asia as well, in Africa, what makes football special is that you earn where you are on merit. Nothing yeah. is given to you. It is not a right. It's not your God-given right to be at the top. You are at the top because you've worked for it. You've earned your way to the top. The Super League would have taken that away, where these 15 clubs would have never... They would always be at the top without accomplishing anything. If a club, Leicester won the Premier League not too long ago, they would not be invited into the Super League. It doesn't matter if any of the Premier League clubs in the Super League finished last, 20th. They would always be in the Super League. That is not competitive. And the fans hated that. For a very long time, the fans have been, have been crying out that football is becoming too commercial. Football is... Is no longer for the fans. The ticket price has gone up. The broadcasting, the subscription fees that you have to pay. You know, all of this shows that football has become so heavily commercialized that Mario said not too long ago that the, the financial bubble of football is burst. eventually going to burst because it is no longer sustainable. The yeah. wages that players are on, the transfer fees, the amount of money that agents are being agents are being paid the same amount of money where you buy a player for. So the the financial the finances of football has ballooned over the past twenty years, and the fans were the ones who have felt the, the full force of that. 
That's the one thing um, you can't alienate. And, and that's, that's, that's the one thing you cannot alienate in any sport. You cannot alienate the fans. Who the hell is buying your product? The fans. Exactly. So you can, who's you going, can to, never who's going to buy the clips? Who's going to watch the match? They're saying in this Super League proposal, club chairmans call the called the fans, the current fans, legacy fans. Because they see that they can get higher viewing from Asia and the US markets and Africa, while these clubs that have been in these communities for more than 100 years, that a season ticket owner for any, any of these clubs has been probably his great-great-grandfather used to sit in that seat. Used to sit in most of these fans of these clubs were introduced to these clubs by their parents, by their father taking them down to the training ground, taking them down to the match and watching it. This is what, this is what European football is. It has a long history, a long legacy of being the, the, you know, the people's sport. And even though football has become so commercialized, billionaire owners coming in and all of that, the one thing that remained constant was it is for the fans. It doesn't matter how high the transfer fees got, the wages got, the football was still for the fans. The players still respected the fans. There still won trophies for the fans. It was always for the fans. The Super League would have taken that completely away. The magic of playing Real Madrid for Chelsea next week, um, Tuesday, I think. The magic behind that is that we don't play Real Madrid. The last time we played Real Madrid was 28 years ago. The magic of playing them next week is because we hardly do it. And now we get to test ourselves one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Right, but me, the magic me, of playing again. And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when it, as it pertains to the whole fan, to go deeper into the whole fan thing, one, I think they're overestimating the idea of us fans also. Being that we live outside of Europe, I I, grant, I think that we're, we're, we're slightly, they're slightly overestimating how many um, fans we can actually get to watch football outside of Europe. And those legacy fans are the fans um, that... Those legacy fans that they're claiming that they can isolate are the fans that go to the matches. We, me, me here in we here in the Caribbean, the guys in Africa, and all of that. Sure, we can pay for, we'll pay to to we'll pay for a subscription service, and that is even greatly overstated because me and you both know there are a lot of people out there who still live in certain countries. Who you may look at, you may look at a social media post and say, okay, well, this amount of people are man, are, are man United fans. Not everybody is legally streaming your service, streaming your matches, even to this day exactly. around the world. So you, you can great. And again, none of these overseas based fans are going to your Champions League match of the week. Yeah, but you see, what they don't understand, you know, is that a lot of the overseas fans, if you if you think that they would not give up if they got the opportunity to join in with these legacy fans and sing the chants and cheer on their clubs in the stadium, they think they will pass up that opportunity to no, sit with some of the fans that have been supporting the club for 40, 50 years 
and hear some of the, when I'm on the Chelsea chat and I'm speaking with fans that have been supporting this club for 60, 70 years, and they talk about when Stanford Bridge was going to be taken and how they had to pass around a bucket just so they could chump up enough money to buy the bridge. These are some of the stories that you as an overseas fan, you will never learn, you will never hear it because you've never been there. When you, when you are able to talk to these fans that have been there for so long, you learn so much more about your club. And if they think that they, if the legacy fans were upset, you think the overseas fans would not be upset as well over this? Let me use a Liverpool example, a simple Liverpool example. Nobody knows the Never Walk Alone song overseas because of us. We didn't create that shit. We never, exactly. we, you know, I, we didn't create that. We, if, if I go to a Liverpool match, um, I want Chelsea fan, but let's, let's just use an art. Yeah. If I go to a Liverpool match and I want to go and sit in the cup because the, the cup is famous for Liverpool fans, the people who live there, exactly. the people who support yes. it there. They're the ones who bring that energy. They're the ones who bring that that, 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 um, that part that of the game. That... I, and, 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 and it doesn't just go for Liverpool. All of these fans in these stadiums who create these chants and um, create these type of memories and atmosphere. As an overseas an, fan, as an overseas fan, atmosphere. exactly. And as an overseas fan, I would go there to experience that. I am not the one creating that atmosphere. I, I would like to go exactly. to, I, from my TV. Let us use the Champions League as an example. Yeah, go on, go on. Because remember Barcelona, PSG, when you guys had that great comeback and there yeah. was Messi standing up on the billboards with the fans. You think those fans are... Yes, maybe a lot of them were overseas fans, but most of those fans traveled from Barcelona I mean, to 90%, 90% of them are from Barcelona. And if you were a Barcelona fan in France... You just maybe buy yourself, get a ticket, and you go there. But exactly. most of those fans are ones who traveled from Barcelona. A lot of Chelsea fans traveled from London to Munich just to watch the Champions League finals. Um, I they want to sang give the songs. Yeah, give, give me a second. Like, I want to give credit to, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he, he went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Mm-hmm. I really should remember this because I watched it yesterday, but he's, he's a guy from England. I, I really can't remember his name. Um, but one of the things he said in his argument again, um, because he's he's from England, he's one of those guys who he supports Queen's Park Rangers. Granted, that's not one of the big clubs that we're talking about, but he has the experience no. of supporting clubs in England. He yes. grew up he grew up in a situation where um, back in the day when even Queen's Park Rangers was a, was a, was a, was considered a Premier League team, or back then it was yes. maybe the English First Division. But mm-hmm. these fans used to actually go to a pub after the game and see the players because yes, that's what football that was, was the working man's yes, game. Back in the day, the working man's game. And, and a lot what, of the players that used to play were also maybe a, a co worker. Exactly. Maybe he lives across from you. That, exactly. That's where football originated the, from. The guy, who, the guy who came on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, he was saying that um, even just to travel, you mentioned um, Chelsea fans or Barca fans traveling to the games that is a part of football you getting on a bus traveling for hours singing on the bus stopping to get food with a bunch of people from your community um and that traveling with that fan with with your with your community mm-hmm. to go and watch a man united game 
is a part of is a part of it's a part of the game. You don't isolate those fans. Those no, are the fans spending money on season game. tickets. It is what makes the game. It's what maybe we call it a beautiful game, but it's not the beautiful game because of what's happening on the pitch. It's the emotions that are tied with, and like I said, a lot of these and how it brings people players together. who have a season ticket, that same season ticket has probably been passed down through the family for generations. For generations. And if they have a child and that child's interested in football and that child is going to matches, when their parent is no longer able to go to the matches, that, that same season ticket, they'll pass it on to their child and their child will now take their seat. Exactly. This is generations of fans who have been going to these to these matches and again and I think these fans are really, were the ones when these clubs were in a very bad situation took their hard-earned money and bailed them out these were the same fans that saved a lot of these clubs i remember in 1958 when manchester united had that the munich disaster it was the same fans that turned up their hard-earned money at the time and brought back the club back from the brinks of collapse. Um, does the new Liverpool owner know anything about uh, the what we call it the, the, the Anfield disaster? The Hillsbury. The Hillsbury. Yes. I I I think you'd probably just hear about it. But no, the, but has he ever, has those he ever are spoken the, to any other fans? Exactly. Who have been those are it? the people. Those are the generations of people who help rebuild your club. For you to be able to buy it now. But the Juventus president, does he know about the Hazel disaster? Granted, his family might have been the one in charge of Juventus for a very long time. But how can you turn your back? You know, your fans supported you after the match fixing scandal. Because as you reminded every... me, no, because but because mm-hmm. Leon, but because you, you reminded me of this. You you were the one who said this to me Sunday when we were just discussing this um yes. off here. You were the one who said it. They're covering their ass because of the billions they've wasted over years. Exactly. And Perez gave an interview yesterday and he said it. He said that Real Madrid is in financial ruin. Barcelona yeah. is in financial ruin. And what, Liverpool, and, um, Liverpool doesn't have much money. Arsenal, Tottenham has over 800 million pounds to pay off. AC Milan, Inter Milan and Juventus, they don't have much money. They're all in debt. And, I've, and, I've, and as I've said it, I said it before, before a couple of years ago, eventually this bubble is going to burst. The moment I saw Neymar get a transfer for 200 and odd mil, I was like, yup, this is heading in the wrong direction. This cannot, this is not sustainable. Of course. And because, you know, this, I, is like, this is why I'm know? a Chelsea fan. I'm a Chelsea fan at heart, but I love Bayern due to family connection. But Ruminage came out and said, the Super League does not solve the fundamental problems. Putting more money on the table doesn't solve the problem. That's just that will only increase the weight. Yeah, you're just, you're just making that, the bubble bigger. He said that the reason why these clubs are in the problem that they're in right now is that yes, they might have wasted the money, but a report came out and said 70% of the revenue that these clubs make go to player wages and transfer fees and agent fees. 70% of revenue that these clubs make goes to player wages and transfer fees. He said that 
to stop this, to bring back these girls from financial ruin, is to put a cap on wages, put a cap on, on agent fees, reduce the transfer fees that are being spent to buy these players. Because and if you do not reduce the wages and the transfer fees, if every club in Europe decides to hear what, your 400,000 a week contract is going down to 200,000 a week. And every club agreed that hear what, this is the maximum amount of money being paid for a superstar player. If every club agrees that, you think that player can be like, oh, but that club can offer me more money? I know it's funny. It's it's so funny. I've been getting a lot into American sports over the last maybe three or four years. Growing up, it was only basketball that I really cared about from America. Mm-hmm. I used to be very anti-NFL because I thought I thought it was a disgrace to call that game football. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, but um, I've been really getting into it. I've been really trying to stop the bias um, being a football person because again, I report on sports overall. So exactly. I've been really trying to enjoy the games. So mm-hmm. one of the things I've admired about, about American sports, and my father has been telling me this since I was a child. I'll never stop giving Richard Pottinger his credit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I was a child, my father has been telling me that the game of football is almost like him prophesizing. Yeah. Will eventually become more Americanized. It will become more American to the point where there, me and you were having discussions about um, and yeah, my father might have said something a bit extreme in that you soon see footballer playing a quarters and then foolish instead. But he's been a bit eccentric. But he's always told me that the fabric of the game would eventually become more Americanized, more commercialized. And, and this and this is the first attempt of making the sport more Americanized. But this here's where I, attempt at it. Yeah, but here's where I will give America some credit. I don't a hundred percent agree with their. Their franchise model, but what you can agree with is their wage cap. Their, sal- their salary the cap game. model? It, it, it's their, perfect. Their, their salary cap model, I don't want to say it's perfect, but it's, a, it's very good. It, it can't really it, go, it's it very ensures, good. It ensures that no club can go bankrupt because Barcelona's biggest problem is that they have to be borrowing money to pay payroll wages. In American exactly. sport, that's not an issue because you, in the, in the NBA, a certain amount of players will be able to get paid more than the cap, but everybody else has no. There's to a, get no, but that's the thing. There's, the there's. I, w- I wouldn't say more than the cap. There's, there's what is known as there's what is known as different spaces on the cap. So LeBron James has a super max deal, right? Yes. You have to be a top five player to get a super max deal. You're a Kevin Durant. You're a LeBron James. You may be a Steph Curry, and maybe a um. But yeah, you have to be one of those top five guys to get that. One of the so, best players in the league. Exactly. You, you must be somebody that we can put on a poster and everybody know you, even if they don't watch the game. So CR7 and Messi may fit that. Neymar and Mbappe is going into that mode right now. Um, they might fit into that category. And you don't in stay football, in that category. For persons who don't watch NFL in football, we call these players that can change a game for you. Players who are Ballon d'Or candidates. Exactly. Who, when you think about their position, like De Bruyne, they think, yeah, one of the best in the world. Well, absolutely. The best in the world. Exactly. So if you look at, like, we, we always have the FIFA 11 pros. Yes. Those Maybe players would, would, would shoot. Would a super max deal. deal. Yes. Then you have a max deal where, yes, you're a very good player, but you're not a top five, top ten player. 
So you have a max deal. So like the guys like a Clay Thompson, like a Angel Di Maria, who I still consider very world class, but he's not Messi. He's not exactly. CR7. Right? But he's played alongside those guys and he's definitely a top class player. He's not Neymar and he's not where Mbappe is, but he's definitely in that scene. He's he's one of the better players on your team, but he's not the guy. So you maybe get a max deal. Because no club other than Real Madrid in the early 2000s, no club has 11 world superstars. And again, for them. And, for, and, and, and it's so and it's so They ironic. have about four, no, no, no. four world-class players, and then everybody else is below that bracket, but above everybody else. If you were having a top 10, top 20 list, they, would, yeah. they, they probably wouldn't be in the top five or the top uh, 10, but they're probably in the, in the 11 to 20 bracket. Yeah, and it's so funny that Fiorentino Perez, the man known for the Galacticos theory, where you buy the hottest, youngest, most expensive thing, um, and bring them in your squad. And you look at the two exactly. big Spanish giants. What has crashed their club? The Galacticos model, where you exactly. spend as much money, money as possible. And that's what got Bartomeu fired. For Barcelona to keep Messi, Bartomeu gave Messi a... This I think it was over four years, a half a billion dollar contract. No, granted. Oh, you... what you're earning a year. So if Messi alone contract over three years is valued half a billion dollars. What about your Suarez, your Dembele's? What your your oh, here's Pinkies, the thing. Your Alba, your here's Bootkins. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what Bartomeu got wrong. Even if you want to give Messi that, because that would be considered like a super max deal, like a LeBron right. James type. Yeah. But hold on. Here's the thing. What Barca usually does to get away with that without breaking what would be their salary cap in a sense, or what would what would what would usually compensate for that is the fact that Barcelona is a type of team that usually I have one guy like Lionel Messi who's earning that amount, and then the majority of my players are players that I brought from my academy. That exactly I they're in our other disrespect, they're probably earning at max 200k at max. Ah, but, but it still kept us competitive and we can groom them and develop them into, into them top from players. Money. Exactly. Or as you said, groom, develop into top, top players. And who we can develop into top players? Okay, we clear our salary cap, um, we sell you on and we develop some money for it so that we can pay the guys. So the two big Spanish giants are suffering are, from that no, Galacticos model. Exactly, because when you look, when you go through it, when you read Real Madrid accounts, when you read Barcelona accounts, and you see the amount of money that they're spending on wages, you have to ask yourself, are they mad? And then here's the thing that upsets me as a Barcelona fan, because everybody knows I'm a fan of different clubs in different leagues. I don't know, like, one club fan. I'm just like, oh, you're a Bayern fan, but a Chelsea fan. So I'm, I have a club in each league. What upsets me as a Barca fan is that this Galacticos theory, it only worked for one club, Real Madrid. This was never something Barca is, is usually doing. But ever since Bartomeu got the, got the um, as, as soon as Bartomeu got the job at Barcelona, he started making these big transfers. He started to ignore the, 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 the academy, which allowed a lot of young talents to leave the academy for free. Not even, not even the usual model where we would, okay, I would bring you into the first team, develop you, and if I realize that we, we can't develop you, uh, then we'll just sell you on and that money goes towards our fees and stuff like that. 
No, you let these guys leave for free. The Takefusa Kubas, the Xavi Simons of the world, the Alex Grimaldos and those guys. You're letting them, you're basically letting them go. Exactly. Danny almost so you broke the Barcelona model and tried to do what Real Madrid is doing. And, and you sent your club into financial ruin. One day, but, but, did not know when to stop, when when enough is enough. Because you know the problem, you know, these big clubs were the ones handing out these contracts. And you had to look at the players because at Chelsea, we have a model, right? Angola Kante is our highest earner at 300k per week. But he's one of the best defensive or box-to-box midfielders in world football. In world football. Yeah. So he earns that. When Hazard was there, he earned his 300k a week contract because he was one of the best. He was, he was considered the best player in the Premier League. So he earns that. But everybody else, Marina looked at him and told them, hear what? This is what you are worth. And we are not going to break our wage structure to give anybody X amount of money because the moment we give you 350, here's some, somebody that's knocking on the door wanting 400. Where exactly. does it end? And the two Spanish clubs, that is what, that is what they did. Where, where, when, when was Bartimeo going to say enough is enough? When was Perez going to say enough is enough? And their only concern for Manchester United. And, when and, are you going to say enough is enough? When are you going to say, hear what? You cannot, we cannot give you that wage. You know, like, and, 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 if, and all you have to do, you know, you have one press release and tell the fans that um, the reason why this player wants to leave because we refuse to give him 400,000 a week. You think, you think the fans are going to take his side? No. The fans, already, the fans, the fans, the fans are going to hound him out. Exactly. The fans because, are going to tell him to leave. They won't because, care that he's leaving. Because fans care about their club. So if, a, if a, player, in football, a player... In football, the motto is, is your club first, managers, players, owners after. Because in, like, persons in England, they say that these footballers are not owners of the clubs. They are custodians. You don't own it. You're just in custody of it. Of this moment, you're just, you're, you're just guardian. You're just here to make sure that the bills are paid, the infrastructure is taken care of. That is all. But the fans own the club, and that's one of the things that I've admired about German football. The fifty-plus rule is something that not everybody agrees with, but I really like that model because the fans never get excluded from. The top yes, major it means decisions. that the fans have a voting right on the board. The fans sit on the board and they have a say. And you need a percentage of those fans to agree with anything that they that that, that happens with the club. And no. the, the problem with give the give me a second. Let me let me let me yeah go wait, wait finish that first. Finish that you finish that. Yeah, the problem with the 50 plus one rule is that it sometimes out um it closed off outside investment. Well, in Germany, it's very hard for overseas investors to come in and take over a club. So it does not make the league as competitive because the money is not shared around the table as much. And it's very hard for an owner to come in and pump billions into a club. But Oftentimes, owners of struggle with that. Exactly. But the benefit of that rule is that you do not have what just happened in the Premier League. You don't have a Glazer family coming on and being leeches to Manchester United. 
You don't have the Crunkies being leeches at Arsenal Football Club. You don't have John Henry being leeches at Liverpool because all three of these owners are they're, they're leeches. They put nothing and, into the club, but yet they take millions out of it. Yeah, and here's There's the thing about leeches. Well, here's the thing about it. Stan Kroenke is used to that money. He owns also franchises in America, but the franchises in America have a franchise system. Yes, so when so. So, so when he's so when he's the owner of the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken, in the MLB, and he has an NFL yes. franchise as well. Yes, yeah, the NFL team went to the finals. I think it was Ex- maybe two years ago. Probably yes. earlier, but yeah, yeah, one of the NFL teams went to the finals. Yeah, but their franchise model means that even if they're terrible, they they're they they still, still exist. And you they, know the they, fans, other than his. But even the fans of his NFL team, because he took them from their home city and moved them to a different city, they all hate him because yeah. they all say that he, he does nothing for the clubs, the team that he owns. He does nothing. There's no investment, nothing. nothing. He just sits and collects millions off of them. Exactly. He does nothing because guess what? Every year, he's guaranteed X amount of money from them being in these, fran- from them being in these different leagues. And he has, he has to do nothing. And this goes back to what I was saying over the years with Arsene Wenger. And, and we're seeing it now with every coach. What, how much shit did Arsene Wenger have to eat um, for Stan Kroenke not investing in that Arsenal squad? While Wenger had to struggle and bring them into the Champions League, which would ensure them at $25 million every um every season um, for being in exactly. the Champions League. Wenger did the... Wenger, you know, Wenger in 2009 said that he envisioned a Super League to start because for these clubs, the money from the Champions League will not be enough. Exactly. Wenger basically, he he, he put himself out there and took the the front, the, the, you know, the full force of the Arsenal fans when he had both hands and feet tied. Tied down his back. No investment. And why do you think Kronke and the And it's not that and and oh, hold on, let's let's not let's not let's not get people to, to, to turn on Wenger. It's not that he wants a super league term. It's almost like no, he's he saying but it, he it, said, it, but he foreshadowed this. He said exactly. that the greed of these clubs that there will come a time when enough is not enough. Exactly. So he's he's foreseeing this from years ago. And Arsene Wenger to take a lot of beat, a lot of a lot of what we're seeing, the, the, the managers like Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola having to answer for their club's actions. Yes, he was the he was he was, he was the he was the face of that. Exactly. So and he had to take think, a lot of shit for a lot they, of years. Perez came out and he said it yesterday. The reason why they want to start the Super League is because they have no money. Exactly. And they cornered both City and Chelsea to sign up to this because. Arsenal, again, has no money, but Kroenke wants more. Tottenham mm-hmm. has a big debt that they have to pay off because they, they, they took a loan out to pay for their new stadium. Exactly. So when you look at all of that, the club that... And that's what... Fo- and and, and when, when, when Kroenke got Arsenal, what did he do? Move them from Highbury, let's build a new stadium, put the team in debt yes, for a new stadium. The stadium is going oh, to allow us to... To and compete when, with Bayern Munich and Barcelona and of this world. Bayern getting eight in the stadium every year. Every year. It, it, it became a meme that every year is 
Arsenal is expected to get five in their in their stadium. Five, five ten, eight. Because guess what? Yeah, you're in a big, pretty stadium that is that can rival the Allianz. But at the same time, your squad is not Bayern's squad. Exactly. Your squad isn't invested in like Bayern can. Because I might not agree with some of the decisions that Ruminish made when he was president of Bayern. Oh, and he's now on the UEFA executive board. Mm-hmm. But if it's one thing I can say is I, I, I have never doubted his intentions that Bayern will one day have a squad that will not be able to compete. I have never, never been in doubt. Oh, you've never been in that situation? Never. Like because I know for a fact that at the end of the day, no matter what foolish he might say out of his mouth, the squad will be well invested in. Yeah. And it is the same thing at Chelsea. Roman, Chelsea has a billionaire owner, and a lot of clubs hate us for that. But we know that at the end of the day, Roman will make sure that the squad is well taken care of. No, but this goes back to what me and you were talking about, I think, last week, where I've said that when, 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 when Lampard was hired to Chelsea, I asked the question, will Roman have the patience of not being in the Champions League and not being a competitor for a year so that his manager can develop? Because you're bringing in a young guy to coach. You're bringing in a young, inexperienced manager. And, you, and he's bringing in some young, inexperienced players into the squad. So I asked this question to Leon before that. It's not about if the squad does... It's not about if the squad players really do, does well. We know that the squad will always have world-class players mixed with youngsters. And we know that the squad is going to be okay. Will he give Lampard a chance to mess up for, for a certain period of time? And I'm like, we, me and you know that this guy can't go a year without winning a trophy. Exactly, because Chelsea has only gone one year without a trophy. We've never gone back-to-back seasons without winning at least one trophy. Since exactly. Roman has and, taken over. And that Roman was my is biggest a question. Winner. He's yes. a winner in business. When he was doing politics, he was a winner in politics. So when, he, when he came into club football, he didn't come into fo- club football to, to make up the numbers. He came into club to win. And, and this man is losing. <laughs> no, wait. Here's here's the thing about Roman that we finished him. fourth last season, and he took two hundred and eighty-nine million dollars. I'll say go I'm, there and buy I'm these buy players. players. Hear what? I am tired of not. And City and Liverpool finishing thirty points ahead of me won't happen again. Yeah, and even in the season where we finished sixth, we won the FA Cup and the UEFA Champions League. He does not like, and, and I, I, that was the biggest question with the Lampard hire. You're hiring a young manager who needs to develop as a manager himself. And I said, will Roman, as much as Roman loved Lampard as a player, and why did he love Lampard as a player? Trophies. Yes, because Lampard gave him his holy grail that he, that he sought after. Exactly. And as much as he loves Czech, Lampard, Drogba, Terry, because these guys had direct lines to Roman. These yeah. guys could walk up and had a meeting with Roman being invited into his office on his yacht. How many times have we seen Drogba? How many times have we seen Drogba sitting beside Roman at a Chelsea match? Exactly. And this but is one of the things. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is one of the things that separate guys like Roman Abramovich, Jerry Jones from the the, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. You you can question Jerry Jones' decision making. Um, and you can question even in business operation. You can question anything about him. There's a difference between fans who grew up either playing or watching football 
than fan than owners who are just businessmen who just oh wait that's a business opportunity to take over Liverpool. That's a business opportunity to take over. Exactly. Because before Roma had his visa problems, you could always sky. Sky and BT Sport used to always pan the camera when we lost. They would have panned the camera right up to where Roma is sitting. Right up to where he's sitting. I usually, and, and even after these legendary squads like Drug Buzz, the Lampard, the Terry, even after that squad was, was retired, mm-hmm. you could see them in the crowd having a conversation in the skybox with Roman. You could and always, he yeah. was all the European nights, he was, he was there. Exactly. Champions League and away games, Europa, Europa League away games, away games in the Premier League where we won the title. You could find him there. And when the trophy is being presented at Stanford Bridge, you can find him there. Exactly. And even some matches that were home matches. If there are home matches, you might can pan the camera and see. Exactly. Sitting owner, the printer of Derby might not have mm-hmm. been to Manchester, but the president, the CEO, the the chairman, director of football, you can you you they are at the matches. They are there when City won the Premier League under Guardia for the first time. They were there in the stadiums when they were in the Champions League semi-finals for the first time. You you saw them in the stadiums. And this, oh, and by the way, to speak about to, to speak about cities, um, the same guys you're speaking to about City. This not this this wasn't a behavior that they had when they were at Man City. Even when they were at Barcelona, running Barcelona, but like the Zubizarretas of the world, they were at matches. Because these guys are football fans, but they're also businessmen, but they are football fans. Well, on, Roman, know, is a, Roman is a businessman, but he's a football fan. Exactly. So if, if, I'm, a, if, I'm, a, if I'm a billionaire businessman and I happen to be a football fan, what's, what's the one thing I'm definitely going to want to buy? A football club. Trophies. And we want to win trophies. I said it's about the guy who owns Crystal that. Palace. Um, mm-hmm. not, the, not the new owner, I think, but like uh, um, the, the older owner before that. He was yeah. a Palace fan growing up in, in that area. Granted, he, he, he didn't become uh, like a billionaire, but you know. No, but you know. He took over in Boyhood Club. What can you say exactly. about that? Exactly. Exactly. And that goes back to what I said about the guys who back in the 90s or 80s, they used to walk the after a football match, they would see their favorite players in a pub with them drinking beer. So, so you cannot isolate those type of fans. You cannot. And this is why the fans hated the Super League so much because it's no longer about them. It's about the money. But and again, I to the money. And again, I think they're drastically overestimating how much money the overseas fans will bring in. Yes, but now, but now we have to talk about the money because, you know, it's, let's talk about the money. Yeah. You see, the reason why the Super League started or became a thing was because of UEFA and how badly run UEFA is. Which it is. FIFA and UEFA are the two most corrupt organizations. Organizations. I will go out and say there are some of the most corrupt multinational organizations on the planet that has avoided being investigated by the relevant authorities. And when I mean investigated, I mean proper, proper investigations, not just the FBI locking up a few members. Because you think, you think the clubs 
But the only thing I would agree with Perez from, and this is, and I hate myself for agreeing with Perez, but he said yesterday that UEFA is a monopoly. They have a stranglehold on European football. My father is a call. transparency. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're in, and this that, is the, again, let me, give, let me give the Americans some credit. Mm. The NBA, the NFL, yes. a lot of what they do is public. Exactly. It's our public record. How much the commissioner is getting paid? And you know, Perez used the NBA as an example. He said that I can Google how much money LeBron James is making, but mm. I do not know how much money the president of UEFA is, is collecting. Exactly. My father None used to of call... these financial records are public. My father used to, my father used to say, all of them are mafia. <laughs> but they are a mafia. UEFA <laughs> and UEFA are a mafia. They do. They, everything is secret. UEFA collect billions from the Champions League every year. But if you win the Champions League, you collect what? Probably 90 million, give or take? Oh, no, it depends on your placement. It depends on your place and and it depends it depends how many of the clubs from your country make it far. So if poor oh if yes, poor, because it, it splits up amongst your the clubs that from your country. So the more clubs from your country that make it is the less money you're making. Exactly. So let's say that so let's give the fans a simple example. If I am Chelsea a Chelsea and player, City is in yeah. the champions semifinals. Chelsea's yeah. only getting 73 million from being in the semifinals of the Champions League. To put that into retrospect, finishing dead last in the Premier League, 20th place, that's 100 million. Mm-hmm. Finishing last in the Premier League when you are ready. Sheffield United is getting 100 million for being relegated in the Premier League. Chelsea is getting 73 million from making it to the semi final of the Champions League. So and, the clubs and- have a right to be upset at UEFA. Because they have been, but they've been making billions of dollars off of the clubs, and the clubs have not been getting their fair share. Their fair share. So that's why I said that. Creating um, this this farce of a competition, as Guardiola called it in his press conference, is not the answer. No, but here's the thing UEFA is not the savior of football. UEFA is just as bad as these clubs. The old thing, kettle calling the pot black. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about it that 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 you you mentioned this over the course of the weekend to me, and I didn't have a refute for it. I didn't. Have, we could barely speculate on it on the weekend because I almost agree with like every one of your points because yes. you said it. You said it before. It was all just a negotiation. I, it was it was a negotiation too, and I, and I kept saying somebody needs to to, to kick over the poker table because it's a big game of poker. Somebody needs to play their hand or show their hand. I don't know what UEFA you want is to know working. Who kicked, you want to know who kicked over the poker table? The fans stormed the poker room and threw, and threw over the table. Yeah, and threw over the table. And it's funny, this morning it broke that UEFA is meeting with an investment firm and that's one of, and, that, and that's one of the five billion dollars into the Champions League. And it's funny, and it's fu- and it's funny because if we use the poker table example, none of you guys are none of you guys are, are gambling at this poker table with your money. No, none of you guys it's are at this poker table. Money that you're gambling with exactly with. So so hold on, there. You are playing poker with my money, and I do as I feel like. Of course, as fans, we have eventually we have eventually storm the room and kick over the table. Because everybody I play poker, like say, oh, I found the money in our play. 
And the next outrage that the fans need to direct their outrage at is Sky Sports, BT Sports, UEFA, FIFA, because these organizations have the audacity to come out and be like, enough is enough. FIFA sold the World Cup to Qatar, where persons are dying, building the stadium so that World Cup. People are dying. Reports are coming out that persons are being denied the right to go home to their countries. Yeah, human rights. There's a lot of human rights. There's finish, a lot of human rights violations. To finish these stadiums. And then FIFA have a right to come out and say, you do not no. agree with what these guys are doing. Enough here's the thing, though. Enough? And, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Everybody who's sitting at the poker table, let's not try to take the moral high ground like bigger than anybody else. All I of know, you guys are... I are, are, said are something on, on Sky Sports yesterday on Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. He said that people will call us hypocrites because in 1992... Sky Sports did the same thing that these clubs are doing. Yeah. The clubs formed a deal with Sky Sports and created the Premier League. Why did they create the Premier League? It wasn't for the fans. Because no, they Leon, wanted more money. No, but Leon, what was the question that I asked you um, when this initially started? Which one of the two evils you plan to pick? That was, that was the question I asked you. UEFA or the Super League? Because everybody, the two of them evil, and I'm not going to like say, oh, we don't have the moral high. Nobody has the moral high ground in this situation. None of you have the moral high ground. No, yeah, exactly. Because they're both hypocrites. The only thing the Premier League kept, which Gary Neville alluded to, was that the, the, we kept, they kept the, the pyramid stable. Stable. They kept it stable. They kept it as, they, they kept it stable. The, they, which they is why I said. had the promotion and the relegation ah. factor. So if Chelsea finish 20th, they get, they're, they're being demoted to the championship. So, and, and the one thing I'll give you Eva, is that even if you get relegated and let's say that you won the championship okay, yeah. or you won a cup, you won like an FA Cup, you would still be allowed to play in European mm-hmm. competition. Let's use Wigan as that Exactly. Example. Wigan got relegated yes, one Wigan, year, but they won the FA Cup. The they were in the Europa League. <laughs> Again, you say that like you cannot disagree with the clubs that UEFA is making billions off of them and they're just getting chump change. You cannot argue with that because that is the truth. Yeah. You cannot argue when the clubs say that. And again, if four English teams rules, because that is just fact. If four, if four, if four English teams make it to the quarterfinal rounds, those that money has to be split mm-hmm. up between those four English teams. Whatever money you're exactly, getting from UEFA, it doesn't alluded to, to yesterday is if these 12 clubs can approach JP Morgan and be like, yo, we need, we need $4.2 billion worth of funding and this is how we're going to make back the money. UEFA, you're telling me that you who have hundreds of clubs under your belt, who premier competitions, can approach these same investment firms, these TV companies, which is, these streaming services. No, but which is what I want to be like, um, here what? We have all of these clubs. This is the amount of fans that, that will be turning in to watch these games. We need some more money to pay these clubs in future. No, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Look what UEFA um, released. And I think you sent this release to me. UEFA did eventually do that. Once they heard that the Super that League was starting, the they eventually... Why didn't do it before? Exactly. And, you know, I said, I said to you before, I said to you on Sunday when it's broken tomorrow, is that to me, all of this is just a big smokescreen that 
they were trying to force UEFA's hand. Was exactly. that the two things? Towards the two things that's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. They go ahead to the Super League and UEFA cave, or UEFA said to these clubs to hear what? Come back in, but we're going to seek additional funding. Which is why because I said there's nothing wrong with changing football. As long as change is for good, the change is for the fans. There's nothing wrong with change because end no, of change, the day, no, but change is expected. Change, change is not allowed. You have to adapt as you go. You have to adapt as you go. But the whole, because I told you, Mario, you see, if these clubs came out and said, here what? We are announcing a European Super League, 28 teams, but you have to qualify through your domestic leagues. Yeah. You would not have this uproar. No. That you're having now. No. It's the a structure. Uproar that we're having That's now why I was asking. Because you. you 12 clubs decided that you, you should, it's your God given right. To be at the top of the European team. No, but that's why I was telling it. In the league. They don't deserve to be in the Europa Europa League. What they, you don't deserve to be in the Europa League. You're not supposed to be creating a third European competition where if you finish seven, that's where you go. They don't even qualify for that. Exactly. So, what I'm... Well, yeah, and, and, yeah, I think, yeah, and I also think that's unnecessary. I also think that's unnecessary. The Europa League... But they're only doing it for money. Exactly. Which is why I said there's no... There's no... There's no... format... Mm-hmm. Which again, the clubs hate it because UEFA wants more money. Exactly. More matches mean more broadcasting revenue. Exactly. And these revenues are not going to the clubs. Which is why I was asking. Why the Sunday. clubs in the Premier League don't don't argue with Sky Sports when they want to have more matches televised? Because they know that this is going into their pockets. Mm-hmm. But and this is what I was asking you Sunday. Upset, this is, but this. This is what I was asking you Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know everybody's hand. You're at, a, you're at a negotiation table or a poker table, but I don't know what is UEFA's hand. Because based on based on the structure of the Champions League that they were put, that, that that they were set, that they were doing, it would have had a bad effect on the players. Um, it would have cost the fans more money because again, who is going to travel to all of these midweek games? And uh, how are we going to afford it? And then with the players, with the, we see what as greater as much as sports science is moving further and further and further. These group of footballers who are playing today have played the most amount of minutes of any sportsmen alive in history. So you're going to pile on more pressure on the players and then you're going to complain to FIFA about um, their national their, their national team. So you're, you as UEFA are going to increase the amount of games and then you're going to have a problem with FIFA when FIFA says, hey, um, international, ter- international friendlies need to be played or international matches need to be played for you to qualify for this tournament or that tournament. So everybody's trying to feed their own pockets and pretend like they exactly. have the moral high ground. Exactly, because UEFA created this foolishness called the nation leagues, which... Which, which nobody um, asks for. Wenger which said no one asks ask for. Any fan, nobody asks ask for. Any it. football fan, what's the nation league? They won't. They won't tell you what it is. They don't even know the structure. More money. More football. The clubs wanted less matches, yeah. and they wanted less clubs to enter the Champions League. That's what the clubs wanted: less, less matches, less clubs. The reason why they wanted less matches. Is one the players get better time to rest? Yeah, because the players are playing on unhealthy 
amount of matches. Amount of football. It's like very, I said, very unhealthy. This era of sports, this era of sports, the commercial era of sports, and we're seeing it with the NFL as well. The NFL players, um, even yes, because the NFL they just approve more matches, more a uh, seventeen game. And what the NFL players are saying is that okay, we're cool with you adding one more match, but where does this end? Am I going to eventually have to sign a contract where we're playing twenty matches because more people are exactly. watching? Exactly, and then you know Sky Sports again. The Premier League is saying that. Greed and enough is enough. They wanted to introduce a 39th match of the season played in a foreign country. What was that 39 match for? Greed. And the funny thing is, well, I know what which foreign country was it going to be? The US. Okay. The US. So again, greed versus greed. No, but that's and, and all it was. Well, no, and, and let's look at the um the, the, the tournament that, that's held in the US. There's a tournament that is yeah, held the ICC, three the ICC, the ICC. International Champions. Why was that created? Money! But you know, finally, the European Super League that they had came from the ICC. The yes. ICC was what they modeled it off of. Yeah, because Inter Milan's, the AC Milan's, the Real Madrid's, those were the clubs that went to the US for that tour. And they and that's saw what, the amount of revenue that the club that made, it brought in, that the ICC even, made. Exactly. And that was pre-season. That's a pre-season tournament. Exactly. So imagine if it's it during the season. But again, uh, they underestimate. You know, Chelsea fans will favor of Roman. And a lot of persons are saying, you know, that this Roman made a mistake allowing the club to join the Super League. But well, he, took us out, he took us out. Comp- it's how, yeah, we were backed into a corner because from a business standpoint, your rivals are making more money. They're going to be making up to $3 billion. Of course, you want to cut off the pie because you want to remain competitive. Yeah. But Chelsea, you know, Chelsea and City do not owe anybody anything. So they're in a very good financial position because they've managed their money. No, but that was well. not just that. No, but, no, but, 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 but here's the thing. Not just that. The reason why Chelsea and Man City are in the position that they're in, like a good financial position that they're in, mm-hmm. um, you have to also remember, you know, people used to complain about these, um, these guys like Roman and Sheikh Mansour. Or is yep. that PSG? Sheikh Mansour, Sheikh Mansour, Sheikh Mansour. Yeah, Sheikh Mansour. Mm-hmm. They used to complain about these um, big sugar that is taking over these clubs. But um, and what did FIFA do? Put in financial fair play. Yes, UEFA came with FFB. FFB. Oh, this is to protect clubs from going bankrupt. Yes, yes you will. Biggest clubs are on the brink of on the brink of bankruptcy. Exactly. Just say what is it? FFB was came in to prevent another Chelsea, Chelsea City, and PSG from forming. And that's I'm not. And I, City I, and PSG showed a middle finger to UEFA. We it's had FFP. this conversation on the podcast. If FFP was let, if FFP was let go, teams like uh, a Sevilla could become a Man City. Teams like exactly. a, um, Leicester City could become a Man City. Because people for Leicester City does have a billionaire. Owner. He owns one of the biggest, um, biggest um, shopping franchises, I think, in Thailand. Was he the one that was Pulam in the middle of the crash? Fulham, yes, well, yes. And uh, yes, his son, I think his son now is the chairman of, of Leicester. Fulham has a, a billionaire owner as well. 
But FFP is in place to stop these clubs from using their owner's money. And exactly. what has Chelsea done to, to remedy this? We create a loan army, and yes, persons, we make and fans people make fun about the loan army. But that loan army generates 40 to 50 million every season for us. And there's a two-sided flipping, there's a two-sided coin to the loan army thing where people were arguing that, okay, none of these players are actually going to make the squad. But yeah, but you've provided opportunities for players who would have probably Exactly, never because the connections that Chelsea have, a lot of these, you know, when you hear these players talk and they, none of them are upset that they've been out on loan at Chelsea, but they never got in a chance to, to play I mean, for Chelsea has... because they said Chelsea allowed me to get a professional career in football. Yeah, but one and two of them will complain, but not a lot. Yes, they will complain, but the majority of them, they are thankful for the training no, facilities definitely. and for the opportunity to go to a club and have a career in football. Because, and, and, and you have to understand, what the loan army did was basically, one of the positives of the loan army that Chelsea had was you can you cannot have your best season at this loan club and you still get an next year to go out and loan and prove yourself. And you would go out and loan to multiple different countries and build your reputation as a player around many different countries. Whereas, whereas okay, if you don't make the Chelsea squad, then we'll just drop you. Or you never get the opportunity in the first place because, um, for example, you have players who have come from Africa that Chelsea has bought mm-hmm. you know, in the loan army. Players from South America. Um, one of our one of the players that we signed who was one of was from Mexico, was from Guadalajara. He's not the biggest yes. star in, in, in the Australian league. Granted, that's a step down from Chelsea, but he's the biggest star in he Australian has a career. league. He has a career. He has a career. So even if you don't get to make it at the dream club that signed you, at the end of the day, you still have a career that you're getting. And you want to know something as well while we're on this, you know, um, the Premier League is the reason why the Super League is starting. Another person is be like, always be the Premier League fault. The Premier League, when, when they were being started, came up with a simple rule, a very, very simple rule. All 20 member clubs will get equal share of the broadcasting revenue. Mm-hmm. You need 14 clubs to agree to any changes to the Premier League. Yes, over the years, the TV money has blossomed, has ballooned into what the now that the 20th place is making 100 million. But what made the Premier League so competitive is because every, every year, each club gets the same amount of money and from the Paris, And Paris should not be complaining because in Spain... The reason not why like... La Liga is the situation where it is at is because both Barcelona and Madrid for years have exploited the league that they can they get their own TV rights, their own TV deal, and there was nothing left for the Paris. other 18 clubs in, the, in La Liga. And because of that, selling clubs. exactly. And these clubs know we have to rely on you to make money. They have to sell their players abroad. They're all in debt. They have no money, so they're not able to buy players. I wouldn't say they're all in debt. Okay, but majority of them are in debt. 
I wouldn't say that. And I, um, I, can, I, I probably go in and check, but I think I can tell you that at least 15 of those La Liga clubs, I'm checking right now, at least 15 of those La Liga clubs are in debt. Or at least not in a, a position where... But, are, I, but we can... I, but not enough, but I can tell you, 20... All 20 clubs are not in a bet, are not in a good financial situation. A good financial situation. situation. That's, top that's, clubs. Exactly, exactly. And then the also. 20 Premier League clubs, Sheffield United, who's being relegated to the Championship, is in a better stable. physical stable. position than La Liga clubs. That is yeah, because Valencia, Valencia is in seventh right now and Sheffield is in a better financial situation. That is a disgrace. Exactly. And La Liga needs to, and, and that's the thing, La Liga doesn't vet owners. So you can come into La Liga, completely ruin a club, and leave. Valencia says hi again. AC Milan, Inter Milan. They think these clubs went from European giants to, to not, even, not even playing in the Champions League. Their owners exploited them. And just left, and they took up and left. Destroy their squads, destroy their infrastructure. I will give the Premier FA in England for as much as they're also corrupt as well. Is that they 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 look out for their clubs? They ensure that the owners coming into the clubs have have the money that they claim that they have. So. It is, it is a disgrace. So Perez and Bartomeu, you know, Laporte, you guys can't complain that La Liga is not making any money when you're the reason why La Liga is a situation. As a whole, isn't making money. And I don't want to blame Laporte. Well, I'm not... thing. I don't want, I don't want to kill Laporte for this. Because yeah, but even wasn't... when Laporte was a, was a president, this is not something that happened just now. Yeah. It's something going on for a very long time. So every owner, every president of Barcelona and Madrid, has been complicit in this. Yeah, true, true. It's true. your fault that right now sponsors are flocking to the Premier League because it's so competitive, because the league is so interesting to watch. It's your fault that is happening. It's your fault Definitely. why you can't sign a three, four billion dollar TV rights deal. Yeah. And you know what? And I have to give the rest of the La, La Liga clubs credit. This could be La Liga could be a lot more. La Liga could be like the Portuguese league. So I still have to give these clubs like the the Villarreal, the Bilbao's, the Sociedad's, the Celta Vigo's. I still have to give them credit because the league isn't necessarily competitive, but it isn't a, it isn't void of quality football um, outside of the top four. It isn't void of quality football because you have to remember these clubs still feed the rest of Europe with quality players when they're young. So I still have to give exactly. the La Liga clubs credit, but the La Liga. Co- La Liga could be in the same position that the Premier League is Premier League is in, um, if not for the whole Madrid and Barca have monopolized it. They could be a club. They could have been a. They could be a league where um, a Villarreal can win a title. A Villarreal can be in the Champions League. Uh, exactly. Athletic Bilbao could win the title. So I still have to give credit to the La Liga teams that they've dealt with a bad situation well. And there's still clubs in a league of who are fan owned. Ibar is fan owned. Yes, they are. And they're barely a surviving. Majority of, 
of La Liga clubs are handled. And then like you said, they're barely surviving. What was that club that got promoted and they had to have a fundraiser just to get into the La Liga? It was Ibar. The first year Ibar came into the it league, Ibar, they had Yes, it was Ibar. They're they're the they're the they're the they're the they're the um they're the least earning club out of the three from the Basque country. So you have Sociedad and um, Athletic Bilbao. Um, those two are selling clubs. They, they 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 create good youngsters. They have good academies, and then they sell on players um, like your Antoine Griezmann, and there's many more. Um, who will be nobody, but he's the most popular one from there. And from Bilbao, you know, you had your um, mm. Ander Herrera, your Javi Martinez, uh, your Diego Llorente, who went to Juventus. Um, so those guys are selling clubs. Ibar, when they got promoted, were almost not allowed in La Liga. Even though they earned their way into La Liga from promotion, they couldn't sustain yeah, themselves as a La Liga club. Yeah, because they couldn't sustain themselves. Exactly. Again, there are structural problems in La Liga that needs to be fixed. And the so problem no. is because the president of the Spanish FA, who controls La Liga, for far too long, they've sat down and allowed Real Madrid and Barcelona to dictate what happens in the league. And now we can get into the... Now yeah, we can these get clubs into... might be the two biggest clubs. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Now we can get into like the collateral damage of what has happened just from all of this happening. We're yeah. seeing Ed Woodward, who Man United fans wanted out for a long time. He's now at the resign. Um, yeah, but you see, if Ed Woodward resigning doesn't do anything because the problem is the owners of Man United. Yeah, the Glazers. Woodward is just, Woodward is just a figurehead. He's just a puppet. Yeah. And they are, they, they will put, they put the next puppet in place. That's the problem. That's another Woodward problem. Woodward is called resigning, but we're hearing from United sources that his contract was up anyway this season. So. Juventus president is resigning. So these are the follow. Yeah. They left you, you left, you left your, and you know, this one thing that I would agree with you for producer is that we were negotiating with these people. And they pretended like they were, they were. Um, and they pretended like they, we spoke and you said, everything is fine. You agree with these proposals. While secretly you were planning to stab, stab us in the back in, in the first place. Like I can say, like say it again. My father has told me since I was a child, the whole of them are mafia. So um, let's just up to date news. The Liverpool players are now making a post on social media stating, the post is saying, we don't like it and we don't want it to happen. This is our collective position. Our commitment to this football club and its supporters is absolute and unconditional. You will never like, walk alone. And, and, and again, so no, all the Liverpool players are coming out and speaking out against this. And again, as much as, as much as, and again, I don't think any player actually wants this to happen. I, I think the play, because again, the players are not, nobody's listening to the players. They think the owners are listening to the players. But, they, but yesterday, when the news broke, Dragon Club was furious, having to be answering questions in a press conference and he should be preparing for a match. Exactly. But, and that's when, the thing. When, when he should be using his training sessions in the morning to go over tactics for the match later. He has to be having a meeting talking about Super League. Pep Guardiola looked like he didn't even want talk. Because again, it's not his position. I know he made the decisions. So why should he have to, to, to why should he have to face the public backlash? Why the players should be focusing on winning their respective games. 
They have to be worrying about Super League. But exactly. if it's Super League talk, oh, will I be able to represent my country in the World Cup in 2022? Exactly. Euros is this summer. Will I be able to play in the Euros? Play in the Euros. Why should I be? Why? So again, this shows that these owners are so out of touch. They are so, they, they have their heads so far up their asses. And that's that why I respect. They don't have a clue what's going on. No, but that's why I respect um, a Sheikh Mansour and a Abramovich. These guys were football fans because Abramovich was at the World Cup supporting his Russian team. Yeah. Because again, these guys understand football from a, from from both a fans' perspective, growing up watching the game. Some of them, Jerry Jones used to used to play as a um. He may not have made it as a as a career. Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL. He may not have made it as a career in the NFL, but he's been playing the sport since he was a child. So he has that connection to the sport where he understands it more from somewhat of a player's perspective and from a fan's perspective. I know I'm a billionaire owner and I'm going to invest in the game. Same thing with the Roman Abramoviches of the world. So they have mm-hmm. a bit more connection. When you have people like the Glazers coming in, um, the guy from Liverpool, when you have these guys who are just businessmen, the guy who's completely um, um, effing up Valencia right now, when you have these businessmen who are just businessmen buying into these football clubs, it causes a huge problem. And, I, and I've always said, we need to, and we said this about the championship as well, the English championship, we need to vet these owners a bit better before we even allow them to take over clubs. Or if you're not going to vet these owners properly, do something like Germany with a 50 plus one. Yeah, but because apparently the UK government has, because of what's happening, they said that they will be looking at passing laws that will make all the football clubs in Britain have the same model of the as the German clubs, something similar to the 50 plus one rule. You know, where the fans will now have more of a say in what these clubs do. No, but that's what I thought a lot something of like this from happening. And Barca and here and, and let me bring up a Barcelona point. One of the things that allowed Barca maybe to get away with all the foolishness he did. Barcelona has something called the socials who, even though it's not a 50 plus rule, the socials can get a board, the socials can get a um, president kicked out of the club based on a vote. Now, what Bartomeu did um, was he also controlled the media in Barcelona. So even when things were going terrible behind the scenes, he was able to cover it up with the media. So Barcelona mm-hmm. fans didn't know that all of this debt was piling the hell up. Or else he would have been kicked out a long time ago from the socials. Exactly. But when every newspaper you read is telling you that Bartomeu is the greatest thing in sliced bread and the club is making more money than ever. And you get what I'm saying? He caused propaganda within Barcelona. Because he caught Bartomeu also controlled the media in Barcelona. So the socials weren't completely aware. So when you have a 50 plus rule now where you're basically on the board rather than just hearing news about the board, it's a bit yes, more of a are, power position. And representatives sit on the board. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's been a hectic day in football, you know, and for me, I'm just happy that the Super League is is done with 
for now. Like I said, the bubble will pop eventually. And you know, a farmer turf, you know, like, if you're Chelsea, if you're Man City, make Liverpool, United, Arsenal and Tottenham go bankrupt. You two fight over the league every year. Your only challenge in the Champions League is Real Madrid, uh, I'm sorry, is, is Bayern and PhD, Real Madrid and Barcelona goes bankrupt. Win the trophies in their place. No, why would you decide to join? But again, and it's so fun. And, I, and, you know, I, I you know what hurts as a Barca fan watching Man City. The two people running mm-hmm. Man City, um, Barca told them not to do everything that they're doing at City now to make City a successful club. The reason why yeah. they left Barca is because Barca did not want. Barca used the argument that they didn't want the club to go in that direction because they thought that the club would have been. You see exactly where the, where the club is now with, with bankruptcy and debt and all that crap. Exactly. They thought that was so going to happen. Because Laporte just became president, so me would have been the one that would have all been the pulling the yeah, club into the Super League. Yes, they, they, they were the one. He was the one uh, collecting all of that. Even when Rosell was there, Ro- this wasn't happening yeah. under Rosell's watch. The, the, the thing that no. Rosell did that caused him to go to prison was the Neymar. The Neymar yes, the Neymar transfer. was an illegal transfer and, and whatever, and that was what caused Rosell to have to step down. But he wasn't piling up death. It was Bartomeu. So what what hurts as a Barca fan we seeing where City is with Zubi Zareta and those guys running the show. And seeing mm-hmm. how how City are well managed to the point where they can buy other clubs around the world. Which is what which is what which is what Zubi yeah. and the guys proposed to the Barcelona before. They proposed this to Barcelona before, and everything that you see happening at City now was supposed to happen for Barcelona. And the Barcelona rejected it. And we moved forward with the Bartomeu and guys like Zubi Zareta. That's funny enough, they, they rejected it on the first principles that this is this is a game for the Catalans, the thing for the Catalan people. Exactly. And this, is a, this is a Catalan culture. This is for the fans of Barcelona. Exactly. And this, this model goes against what we as a club stand for. Believe in, exactly. You know, it's, funny, it's, it's funny hearing Gary Neville call out Liverpool saying that your biggest slogan, you never walk alone. Alone, yeah. Yet you're turning your back on your fans. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't that, I don't that guy even knows why they, why, why this, why this in the songs like never walk alone. I don't even understand why. I, I, oh, please. You think you know anything about, about Bob Paisley, and what he did for Liverpool during his Hell career? no. Hell what, no. What Sir Kenny Daglish did for Liverpool? Hell no. He you think the not know anything about what Sir Bobby Charlton has done for for Manchester United? What Eric Cantona, George Best, what they have done for United? You think he knows any, anything about them? You think he knows how they, how they even got Old Trafford? Man, I tell you, man. This one thing, as much as these are rival clubs, this one thing you can sympathize with these fans with is that you feel sorry for them. That they have to put up with leeches as owners of their clubs. Owners that have no cheer for them. Nothing. They don't want to improve the squads. You know, when we laugh at Arsenal fans 
of a banter, but as a fellow person who loves sports, who loves football, it is very heartbreaking to see that they are Red once Alamad. majestic club, a club that you will look forward to that a London derby with. No, but they were, with, in all fairness, in, in all fairness, no, they were the original Barcelona. They were the original, under Arsene Wenger's rule um, in, the, the, in the initial stages, they, yes, they, they became were the Barcelona, yes, they were the original Bar of, the, of the league. Barcelona in England. Exactly. So to see them after to see them after 2000 and like 2006, 2007, 2008, when they couldn't buy a player in their squad because of their takeover and because of the new stadium when and moving we, from we, we sat and slowly watched Arsenal become a mid-table club. And and Wenger had to hold that club up for so many years, and he doesn't get credit enough for that as a coach. He made players no, who because he had a Europa League team finishing in the Champions League. Every and every year. time they faced a club that is that is a Champions League club, they got a proper whopping because they should not have been there in the first place. Exactly. When Liverpool was starting to finish seventh, I said the same thing. The club, the, the squad that Arsenal has had to work with should be finishing seventh and all of that. But Wenger doesn't get credit for finishing in the Champions League every year. No, because... because those you know, should have finished that, that in those places. Funnily enough, the problem after the Wenger was their away performances. Yeah. But they were fortunate at home. You couldn't beat them at home. They had an immaculate home record. But away from home, yeah, fair game. So, I think we've gone longer than an hour. And as the day breaks, more news will break. So, my final word is the whole of them are market. Yes, there are. That's it, basically. Right, uh, so Manchester City has issued a statement, so let me just oh. read that before we go. There go on. Hmm. Manchester City Football Club can confirm that it has formally enacted the procedures to withdraw from the group developing plans for the Europa Super League. And that was a very short statement. But that's formally, that, that's a formal statement from City announcing that they have left the Super League. Um, Chelsea, um, reporters close to the Chelsea IRC has reported that they'll make a statement tomorrow. As already stated by Barcelona's head, that them joining the Super League is all based on what the socials vote. Atletico Madrid's board has pulled out as well. So we, at the end of this week, we hope, to, we hope that Liverpool, United, and Arsenal owners will come to their senses and, and bury this, this Super League foolishness in the ground. Well, the, the bubble has finally popped, so... Yes, Chelsea has, like I said to you, know, I think I said it to you, that all it takes is one club to pull out, and Chelsea and has then started we'll and the will fall. So both Chelsea City, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona are formally leaving the Europa Super League, European Super League. I guess just so rough we know how we it. Yes, yeah, so... So we'll see you guys um, again next time.
And let's see. Let's 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 hope that we still have the sport of football next season. Oh, it is now formally announced that Ed Woodward would leave role as chairman at the end of the season when his contract is set to expire anyways. All right. All right, so have a good one. Um, the next time we meet again, let us hope we can be talking about the Champions League football. And, the and some league. And some league. And I, for the top and, four. And because of this foolishness, I'd, um, because here's the thing, we wanted to expand. I, I, I watch a lot of football from around the world. So I wanted to report on the Japanese league um, and the African, what is going on yes, in the African Yes, because the leagues football. are now coming to a close. I heard the African Champions League is heating up. I think you were telling me that the other day. Yeah. That some wonderful matches have been played, so... Because I, again, as, as football, as these big TV rights deals are being done, a lot of football from around the world is being more exposed. Shout out to Bean Sports for covering a lot more African football. I'll give them credit for that. Um, after, I really have to, and I like how the Japanese league is using YouTube to really broadcast its league. And Wow, really? Oh, YouTube? Yeah, so... Mm, that's, this, actually, that's actually a good idea, you know? Yeah, so that. yeah, so um, I wanted to start really getting it because I already I've been watching those leagues for years. It's been hard. I mean, I've, I used to have to find a lot of other means to to watch those leagues, but um, as these leagues get more, because the quality is going up with football around the world, and I didn't just want to keep it within the European game. I wanted even our leagues here in Concacaf yeah. are getting better. Um, so I wanted to broadcast the world's game because this, this game doesn't belong to Europe. Um, despite, what the European, despite what the European Super League thinks. This game belongs to all of us. Exactly. So I wanted it's to broadcast. Sport. So we'll see you guys next time and we'll have a lot more to cover.